0: With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA
1: Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in
2: Pennsylvania.
3: Portland have three timeouts, the
0: Lakers have two.
3: Bryant, to shot!
1: Kobe Bryant, 28 for 46 from the field. This would be 18 for 20 from the line and an 81-point game!
0: Just looking, gets it to Brian. Brian Jordan has to put it up with the buzzer. Bounce it! Ha ha! He bounces in the three! Brian goes deep. Dribbles puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound the Song. Kicks it out to Otto. Otto throws it ahead. The Lakers repeat back to back titles. The LA Lakers, the 2010 NBA champions. I'm
3: very at peace with it. Um, I'm very thankful you know, for the the 20 years that I've had. And um ready to go. A
2: 60 point game for Kobe Bryant.
3: What can I say? My out. And welcome to another episode of Dos and Cinco's. This is episode number 24. Uh, today we're going to be doing something a little bit different uh, from... We know that we are your favorite movie podcast, but uh, with current events uh, and recent tragedy that happened on Sunday, we're going to be stepping away from our usual programming and talking about the movie of the week, which would have been uh, The Gentleman. And we're going to talk about... Um, the passing of a uh, great man and a icon who has been uh, a huge, huge pillar for Los Angeles. Um, as always, I am your host, David. I'm Stuart. I'm Ben. And I'm Letty. And yeah, yeah and we have a guests. special guest on this uh, on this one. So Letty, thank you for joining us on this, uh, this episode, the this special 24th episode of uh dos Nav encos
2: yeah thanks for having me
3: yeah and we're totally not <laughs> oh, lying this is actually the 24th episode yeah yeah um it is coincidental but i think it's also fitting uh we could have easily just uh gone straight into our normal normal prog- uh, programming and Talking about an episode of Street Sharks and a uh, and or movie of the week and go through the box office yeah. rundown, but honestly, I think would be remiss. I, I really wish we could. I really wish we were doing that instead. But um, but I think we wanted to. We all did. Uh, I, wish we decided circ- to do something I wish the circumstances <laughs>
0: didn't dictate uh, this. Um, not dictate, but um, didn't fall like this. Cause now it only feels
3: right to do it, to, to do it, to do it this way. Cause I think, uh, for all of us, since we've all grew up in Southern California, um, pretty easily, just were able to relate to, um, you know, Kobe as somebody who helped us all grow up to an extent. Um, he represented so much more than just, you know, Los Angeles Lakers basketball, um, you know, mama mentality, all that stuff. And so, um, You know just for those who may eventually stumble upon this episode at some point in the future um, on on Sunday uh, January 26th at um, you know I'm not I'm not a newscaster or reporter so you know the details are not really that super important but a a helicopter that was carrying Kobe and uh, his daughter Gianna and seven others including the pilot himself uh, themselves um, traveled through um, a foggy uh, weather and tried to go over the Calabasas uh, mountains and unfortunately didn't make it and crashed and everybody on board was uh, unfortunately killed, Um, which has started this, uh, the snowball effect of this fallout of all of this just, love and adoration and and just an outpouring uh for what he's meant to each person and um i know personally for me kobe meant a lot to me uh you know growing up watching all the championships um and so you know we dedicate this uh special episode this 24th episode to uh kobe the seven passengers on board and uh and his daughter gianna so Um, We'll start off a little bit Um, I feel like I've done a lot of talking So we'll go ahead and we'll just jump straight into it You know, we do have a new guest on the podcast So, Letty, we wanted to start off with you Um, What is your favorite, what was your favorite, like, Kobe moment? What did Kobe mean to you?
2: Uh, Damn, man, that's tough I still can't believe that this is real Like, I keep hoping that I'll go on Reddit or Twitter or something And see a headline that says, like, oh, JK, guys Kobe's all right, because, like, he really felt like he was larger than life, almost. Uh, Like, I couldn't even picture him being an old man, like, a truly old man. Uh, So, to imagine that he's gone forever is, like, pretty hard. Um, Oh, uh, I think one of my favorite, like, Kobe moments is from one of the All-Star games, when he, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he dunked on LeBron and LeBron tried to go up for the dunk, and Kobe was like, "Nah, dog." And then as they both oh, yeah. like jog back, you know, getting back after the basket, like there was a little mm-hmm. bit of like a butt slap and like a high five. Um, yeah, so was, there yeah. was. That was that was
0: <laughs> the one he won uh, the, his last um, All Star MVP.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember that one. That was a good moment. That was a good moment because uh, I remember back, back within. It's only been recent that I, you know, become a LeBron fan. Before I was against LeBron, I didn't. I thought he was like the guy who was gonna. Everyone was trying to like say, oh, he's he's, he's better than Kobe because X, Y, and Z reasons. So, and I was I didn't I wasn't hearing that. So I was when he did that during the All Star game. I was very I was very happy.
2: Yeah, that memory has like totally switched the or has changed like the way that i feel about it because when i first witnessed it i was like ha see this is why kobe's still better than lebron but then as time went on i realized that you know these guys are not just basketball players they're people and they're friends with each other and i think that was you know that really helped me understand um the like there's people behind these these personas which of course makes the tragedy even, like harder, to understand.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think it, we speak. I could probably easily speak for everybody. Is that that was one of those things that we never really got a chance to see? Um, you know the Nike had both the athletes on their payroll. You know both of them have those that that one billion dollar like long term contract that will never like. Be ceased, you know, Nike's going to hold on to it and stuff like that and they, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the decade, we've always been teased with this idea that it's LeBron versus Kobe, but we never got to see them in the finals together. Right? And yeah. I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity that we would love to have been able to see. You know, I think at the end of the day trying to identify who's the greatest player of all time is going to be difficult. These guys are definitely in the same group altogether, right? I mean, they're all great in their own rights. Um, yeah. And so that it's difficult, especially now that he's a Laker for us to be able to kind of be like, nah, man, you're not, this is still, you know, this is still Kobe's town. And I think that's still going to be the case.
0: Yeah. It's still, it still is. But That doesn't mean that LeBron won't have his place here, especially if he wins a ring. Like if he wins a ring, especially if he wins it this year, which in my opinion, there's no ifs, ifs, ands or buts about it. Like you got to get it done like this year, like you got to do it for Kobe. So like, I know it's like putting a lot of pressure on him, but I feel like that would be like the ultimate, like we, if we never win another ring if or if we don't win another ring for the next 20 years, this like in exchange for winning it this year, then I think I'm okay with that.
3: Yeah. So, um, and then what about you, Stu? What's your, what has been, what did Kobe mean to you, and like, what was this, like a standout moment for you that you—that's how you knew. Kobe, it was weird. Kobe, you know, obviously, most of the people you see on social
0: media, you know, and regular people, you, you, me, you know, Ben Letty, whoever. Uh, none of us really, you know, none of us knew him personally, which you know, you know, it's natural because you know he's one person and there's millions of people, but um, everyone seems to have had the same kind of reaction to his passing um and for me like I he was almost like he's one of those things where he was like a link to to my to just like my childhood and growing up and so like it's hard to see that someone who I expected to like kind of like how you see like Bill Russell and and Kareem just like growing old and you know they'll be on the sidelines. They'll always kind of be there. It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. That that's not going to be the case. <clears throat> um. And I think um, one of my fa- my my favorite moments that I always um uh, like one of the ones I've probably watched the most, rewatched the most. Uh, was the 2010 Western Conference Finals, uh, game six against the Suns. That was the one where um, I think I, I pretty remember pretty clearly, like it was game six and, you know, they're in Phoenix and it was like really tight game. And every and whenever Kobe went to the bench, like the Suns kept like coming back and they had all the momentum. And it was in the fourth quarter, I think, uh, when Kobe starts just, he comes back in and he just starts hitting all these insane fadeaway jumpers with defense all over him, and he just hits like three. Two, I think it was like two or three shots like that, and the last one uh, he hits it fading away from, I think like Grant Hill and maybe one other defender. And when he when he drains it, he get he goes to Alvin Gentry who's standing right there, who's coaching. He's the head coach of the Phoenix Suns at the time, and he gives him a little tap on his on his butt and and that was i think that was my my favorite kobe moment
3: i think we we could all we all have like these moments where we get to see um like what Letty was saying is like this like larger than life like this is almost still unbelievable the moment the news broke on sunday i was just so shocked especially since it came from tmz i know everybody had the same like guttural feeling which was just like this can't be real this is fake like it's gonna yeah, be I, fine like I guess I guarantee you in like two two minutes or ten minutes or half an hour we're gonna get a tweet from from Kobe saying yep. it's just you know I don't know what, where this is coming from but it's not real
0: right yeah i I dismissed it immediately until I started seeing the other news sources
3: what about you ben
1: well this one's a little harder for me because well you guys know me i i I didn't grow up watching basketball I didn't I didn't play basketball when I was a kid, man. I got I got into this like super recently, and it was all because of Letty, you know. Oh,
2: he's a recent Laker fan, but <laughs> yeah. he bleeds purple. Thank man. you, Letty. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> thank yeah, you, Letty. <laughs> you did what we couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we could get him to eat ramen as much as he wanted, we <laughs> just couldn't get him to don the purple and gold.
1: <laughs> like
3: uh,
1: when I was a kid, I was uh, actually on the middle school basketball team, Farsi basketball team, and I didn't know the rules. <laughs> Like, I like going and researching. We just need you to
0: fill the spot. (laughs) Yeah. Were you fresh off the boat also? Yeah, I was also fresh (laughs) off the boat, yeah.
1: Like, uh, I couldn't tell you, like, you know, what the hell traveling was, what charge was. I couldn't tell you, like, you know, is it bad to foul someone? I don't even know what a foul is, you know? I played one (laughs) game in my varsity game, and I think I've, like, just were up and like tried to elbow everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, Jungle ball. And let me tell you, it's I call never <laughs> I never watched a professional NBA game like uh when I was a kid or you know before college essentially. Even if someone else was watching on the couch, I'd be, you know, like, ah oh, man, I don't want to watch that, so I'll, I'll go somewhere else. However, I knew who the name Kobe Bryant. Like everyone knew who Kobe was. Like, even if you know you, you're not even into sports, like someone has mentioned the name Kobe Bryant, and instantly you, you, you probably know. Like you are walking down Absolutely. this you're walking down the hall, you make a shot into the trash can, Kobe. You know, like it's Kobe Bryant. He was, he he was almost like a living legend. I would say you know he he was like this, the epitome of. Athleticism of perfection in the basketball world. It was just this name that that you instantly thought of, you know, basketball when you said it. So it's not just an athlete; it's not just a person. He was this this guy who encapsulated all these ideals, and all these hopes, these dreams about basketball. You know, he he helped romanticize the idea of loving a sport. I think I, I can't think of another athlete who really has done that for the game or another person who's done that for, you know, their, their hobby. And for someone to take that and elevate it to this whole new level, you know, and for us to lose them like this, it, it really hurts. Like I, I never grew up watching him. You know, I don't have the same kind of connection you do, but man, it was really weird hearing that news and still feeling something, you know, feeling shook, feeling like, you know, we really lost something.
0: I think, I think that's one of the most amazing things about him as a person is just, I mean, unfortunately it, it, this, this had, this happened, but it shows how far his reach was, whether you like, whether you like basketball or not, um, just to just have this person who's kind of always been there. And like you said, like, and a lot of people said you would never think like you can't, nope, nothing can kill Kobe. Kobe can't die. Like, so and to to have this happen, you just see it, how shook it how how it just kind of shook everyone to their core. Probably, I would say like this is probably the most I've ever been just affected by something like this. Where like when Michael Jackson died, like I I did I like Michael Jackson, but I wasn't it did not phase me to the degree that I'm
3: I am being affected now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think. uh. Ben, even though at the time, you know, during, through all of the, uh, his entire basketball career, you may not have been like a diehard fan, but I think this just kind of like what Stu was saying. It like speaks to his, speaks to just how far his reach is and how everybody understood what Kobe meant, what what Mamba mentality meant, right? It's this continuous pursuit of perfection. And there's just like the way he played basketball just was like this unique blend that I feel like, yeah, everybody wanted to be like Mike. And then, you know, our generation was everybody wanted to be like Kobe. And then the newer generation wanted to be more like LeBron. But I feel like because he, that the the entire story, like nothing summed up Kobe on its own, except for just the name Kobe, right? Everybody knows exactly what it means, but it doesn't, you can't just like synopsis be like, oh, he was a great scorer, right? But it was just the way he played the game was with such like tenacity, with ferocity, with, but it was still graceful. And he took that to every part of his life. Like he was always telling everybody, like, literally, always give a hundred and ten percent. And then I'm sure there was somebody who would be like, Oh, it's not possible to actually give hundred <laughs> and ten percent and be like, No. If you watch me play, you watch me practice, you watch me live my life, you know, watch me coach my girls, to be able to be a father, to be a to be a husband, to be a basketball player, to be a teammate, to be a brother, whatever it was, it would just he did it to a hundred and ten percent. Even it's not you know technically possible, but it just that's the way it was, and it's still shocking to be able to be talking about it like this. Um, for me, my a lot of people I'm sure if you ask them, oh, what's your favorite moment? They probably say championships, right? But I feel like Stu, your your memory probably echoes a lot of what my one of my favorite memories was actually the night before. I think I'm I'm trying to place it correctly. No, two nights before I believe, before his 81 point game, he was like up against Sacramento, and they because that for some reason like that season that 2006 season. I feel it would be kind of like everybody's like, oh, if it wasn't for the 81 point game, they didn't make the playoffs that year or whatever. It's not like that big of a deal. I think like for me, just knowing that he didn't give up, period. Right. That could have been a year where he could have literally just said, you know what, this is it. I'm, I'm done this year. You know, I could um, I'm sure, you know, uh, regular rest days or, you know, game management, um, you know, player management wasn't a thing, but I'm sure if it could have been a thing back then, I'm sure there would have been a lot of pressure for Kobe to sit out every other game, you know, no back to backs or anything like that. But I guarantee you he wouldn't have let it. He'd be like, no, you know, I'm here because I love the game of basketball. You know, the fans are here to come see me to make sure that they I can give them a show, but I want them to know that every single night I put on a pair of basketball shoes or basketball sneakers and they put a ball in my hand, I'm going to give it 100%. And so that night, two nights before that 81-point game, they were up by a lot by the end of the third quarter, and I remember everybody just kept fighting to let him continue to keep playing. So that way he can keep scoring more points. That's a memory that sticks out to me more because they would show pictures of him sitting on the sidelines, agonizing, just going, why am I being benched at this point, right? I should be able to go out there and play all 40, you know, let me play all 48 minutes, even though I don't think he's ever had to really play all 48 minutes, right? I mean, 42 is pretty pretty dang close <laughs> already, but I think... Yeah, I think only and probably and only in overtime games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean he just pushed himself to the point where it just like, I think my, one of my favorite stories is just hearing about all the other stories that a lot of other players that have played with them were like, right. I think we were all waiting for certain things. I mean, today was, it was, I think it, it makes sense that we're talking about it today because today was the first time Vanessa has talked about it, right. About the loss and, and feeling all of the support and love that everybody has felt and how you know Kobe is t- Kobe's entire family has touched all of our families how much it's it's panging us and we can't even imagine how it feels like for them. Yeah. I- but the reason why it brings it up is just like uh you know seeing them pan back to the bench and knowing that they're up by like, you know, 18 22 points I think at the point and then you just see Kobe just kind of just has like the towel over his head and you're just like dude, he wants to play. He just wants to play. Right. And for me that that was just that summed up to me what kobe meant and then two nights later they were just like all right fine i know he's been racking <laughs> up like a ton of games like what was it i think uh i pulled up something it was like on that the 19th was the game i was talking about it's against sacramento and then a couple week, a couple of days before that was against the clippers on the seventh he scored 50 um it was easy for that that year to just kind of be like ah, eh, whatever just let him run a show or whatever but he still didn't do that anyways. And so it just, yeah, that was my favorite memory. Is even though that's not a big, like, scoring game or, like, some historic thing happened, right. that, to me, just showed me that, like, literally he never took a night off. And so if I want to live Mamba mentality, I want to live just like Kobe, you know, you can't take a night off. You just got to always be willing to take that next shot, you know, knowing, you know, assuming that it's going to go in. Um, so, uh, bef- you know, in, in that same spirit, um, I think based on what uh, what Ben was talking about, uh, I wanted to put together uh, this episode mostly just around the um, oh, Academy Award-winning short, um, uh, Deer Basketball, which was around the, uh, the last season that Kobe played. In his 20th season, um, he wrote a poem that was turned into a short animated film. Uh, so I guess we'll uh, go ahead and we'll start with... Uh, Stu, if you're okay with it, I'd like to start with you. Um, what are your thoughts on, the, on Deer Basketball? Um, well, I think fortunate, fortunately,
0: at least for me right now, um I I re- I watched it a couple times before we started recording uh when I got home. Um and and luckily I didn't I didn't have the these the emotional breakdown I was anticipating of having. Um I was able to keep it pretty pretty well together watching it. Um but I remember when I when I first watched it it was it was almost like I could see this movie or this short and it's only four minutes long. Um, I almost wish I like Disney or someone in Pixar, Disney Pixar, whoever. It almost seems like you could turn this into a full feature film. Um, like, and I, and I wouldn't, I would totally watch it. Uh, not just because it's Kobe, but just because like the, it seemed like watching the the animation of young Kobe in his room that just seemed very like disney pixar-esque like they could totally i could totally vision, envision a movie in that style um whereas like kind of showing him as a kid and whether it focused on him being a kid or not you know or maybe growing up into into you know who he was you know doesn't matter but um it was i mean it, i mean it, it i know we we're talking about like before on the previous episodes we like I don't really get the Oscars. They don't seem to make any sense, like who wins and all that stuff. And I feel like in this case, it made sense for it to win the Oscar. Um, And I don't know if it's, I don't know. And I, and I don't really care, but if it was based on its merits alone, or if just because it's, it's close tied to reality um, that it won. But I think, you know, i think it was great that it won
3: and you know Kobe has got an oscar for it uh ben did you have a chance to review it
1: yeah i actually did uh so you know funny that you mentioned about the uh the disney like styles too. it actually was mm-hmm. animated by a disney animator so oh. that, that's where it did get its you know its signature feel from and mm-hmm. uh It was definitely something that looked, you know, beautiful from start to finish, a short four minutes. And the music also got to me too, you know, it it was, it wasn't something that they just threw in. It was actually composed by John Williams. So, you know, there were a lot of forces at work for this, you know, very short film. But, you know, aside from the beautiful animation, the moving music, I think what really got to me the most, well, there's two things that got to me the most. It's, uh... It's Covey's narration over it. Not only did he write this this poem, this this essay, like, the way that he speaks about it, it, it just seems so genuine. It seems very emotional, you know? He, he, he had these little quivers in his voice, especially when he's talking about how, you know, he couldn't give anything more at the end, you know? His body was giving out, you know? he It really seemed like, you know, his, he's breaking down. You know, that really got to me because, you know, that really did happen to him you know he he was a guy who gave gave it all and more and until his body just couldn't take it anymore and it it was kind of sad to see the end of his career like that but he was able to end on a really high note and you know if we're talking about merits alone for it winning an oscar i think it definitely deserved it because this is like i said you know the way that kobe romanticizes romanticized the game i think that this was a accurate depiction of what happened you know it, it 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 feels just so like his story feels so cinematic you know seems so so perfect like the the way that the story was told it, it, it's it's crazy to think about it i i don't I feel like someone could come along pretty soon and make a whole movie about this, you know about Kobe's life, and it would just it's just perfect, you know, from start to finish, the way he lived, the way he died, everything, so yeah, dear basketball i I thought it was just really touching because of not only how it encapsulated all the work that went into it, but how it encapsulated the actual world and the actual story it was about, you know, both being so goddamn beautiful.
3: Letty, thoughts?
2: Well, the first time that I saw Deer basketball, I teared up because, uh, well, you know, it was a it was Kobe's farewell to his career, and as a a big fan of the Lakers and a big fan of Kobe, I was. Sad that he was no longer going to play. And I I watched it with Ben, like, uh, just before we started recording. And I also teared up again, (laughs) even though I already knew the plot and uh, (laughs) the shots and, like, the gist of the poem. And I had prepared myself because now, well, you know, it's the this is he, like, bared his soul, you know, his feelings. He put it out there. And like Ben said, it feels very genuine um one of my favorite things about the short is how they took inspiration from classic shots throughout his career you know some like fadeaway jumps some dunks um one of my favorite pictures of him when he's like uh, after winning the championship he's like holding the basketball and like the crowd behind him is going nuts and you can just see like the joy in his body um, that made it to the film it just like, You know, when I first watched it, when it was originally released, it made me relive all the memories that I had of, like, following him, watching the games, the ups and downs throughout his career. Uh, The same thing happened, but it was with a... uh, It was like, you know, I'm happy that it happened, but I'm, I'm sad that we... That, you know, he's gone, so... Yeah. I I really do I, I like the short a lot. I was a little bit skeptical when I heard that <laughs> Kobe Bryant was doing a movie. I was like, Oh, but you know, he's uh he's very talented. Um and the movie I, I thought it deserved the Oscar. I'm biased because I love Kobe, but it deserved it. Yeah, yeah it's hard <laughs>
0: it's hard to say otherwise. It's hard to yeah. pull that to try to be objective about it.
3: Like so what about you, David? I think that I think that's the reason why I'm not going to ask you what your guys' rating is for this because I don't I, I honestly really want, don't care what you guys I say. Really, I'm going to say 10 <laughs> no matter what. I really Actually, I really want to give my rating. It's
0: 24. <laughs> okay. Oh wow! It's 24 out of 8. Stu, what is your rating? <laughs> uh, my rating 24 out of 10. My rating is a 8 out of 8. Wow. It's a 24 out of 24. It's a 33 out of 33. Goddamn. And a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I understood half
1: of those. Well Agreed. Said.
0: <laughs> 33, uh, Ben, is his high school number from oh. Lower Marion. Okay, I did not and know that. And 10 one. is his Olympic uh, number. God That's damn right.
2: Yeah.
3: And obviously 8 and 24. Yeah. So. Yeah. For me, uh, Dear Basketball summarizes a kind of a little bit of what you guys were all talking about, but I remember there's this one quote that after he had retired and kind of one of the motivations that he did was Kobe's always been a storyteller and the fact that you know Ben you were talking about the fact that it seemed like his entire life was kind of like almost like a storybook right mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's that part where it's just kind of like you can't believe it you know that fairy tale start and then there's this moment where everything kind of goes badly and then you kind of get this feeling that this this hero you know he's the hero but for some reason everything's going absolutely wrong right he you know going through you know his first like five years in the league you know he gets onto a really decent Lakers team already right Shaq's there and you have all these veterans around him this young upstart guy who's got a lot of energy wants to make a name for himself like tell me which fairy tale doesn't have something like that you know, which tell me which Pixar movie doesn't have that and to be able to see that especially in such a in the ability to be able to condense something that could easily as Stu said, could have been a full length feature film. Easily. Right? From beginning, you know, having him start as a as a young boy shooting, you know, socks into a trash can. And then getting drafted by his you know, the dream franchise he's always wanted to be a part of. Right, how many other stories have we seen that they end up on you know this fair, they end up on the Knicks, for example. And then they flame <laughs> out. Right? This guy this guy had, it was it was almost unbelievable that he ended up where he was supposed to be. It was almost like divine. Right? He came to he came to this team, he came to this city, even though he's probably he's not from here. He's from Philly. You know, being on the 76ers would have made a lot of sense, too. But for some reason, I, I don't know if, you know, everybody who listens to this, you know, believes in God or anything like that. But I just feel like it's divine. Right. He ended up here for a reason to be able to show that, you know, this city, even though there's a lot of glitz and a glamour, that if you put your nose to the grindstone, yet yeah, Kobe was ex- extremely talented. Don't let me, you know, say anything about that. But his talent was his work ethic. He always believed that he had to outwork every single person. If somebody took a thousand shots every day, he would take ten thousand shots. Like it was just this this idea that like he had to build something, right? He started from the bottom, and then you know he ended up on top. And then even though he may have stayed slightly longer than his career probably should have, you know, but he stayed with the same team through ups through the downs. And yes, he was visibly you know distraught when he when he left basketball but he wanted to give us a last glimpse of what it felt like to be him you know yeah it's only four minutes and 30 seconds long but to kind of summarize it to kind of see that entire film for him to be able to to work with the people that he worked with knowing that hey if you're going to come work with me you better be the best because I'm only going to give you that you know that's to me what it meant to me and you know the Opportunity to be able to see him play was something I will never ever forget. And additionally, I think it was really funny was you know, when back in 2006, that year where like the Lakers were you know, yeah, middling a little bit, my dad told me, David, you should be studying for the SATs instead of (laughs) watching Kobe play basketball because he's gonna, he's gonna still be that it's a very Asian, you know, old, you know. Wise, you know, father, Asian father would say. Can you can you do it in character though? <laughs> my dad has a good English, that's the problem <laughs> character. Can you do you can you do no, it, that would be misrepresenting my dad. Can you do it um, in York in character of David Chen then? David Colby <laughs> will still be playing in a basketball <laughs> when you will exit the college. You, you should you should dad, "What do you studying. mean playing in a basketball?"
0: He doesn't play in a basketball.
3: <laughs> God, you're so Asian. But, but of course, yeah. But of course, my my dad was like, "David, you should be studying. You shouldn't be spending so much time because he's going to still be playing basketball by the time you graduate college." And I was fortunate enough that that was true. Right? I don't think anybody ever approached the game the same way that he did. Right? I'm sure he he emulated a lot of stuff like Mike. But at the same time. It was Kobe. It's his own style. And that's the reason why his... I feel like we were stripped of something that um, really sad to see it go. But I think this is also kind of a reminder to us how fragile life is, right? We got four minutes, four and a half minutes of this brilliance from him, right? And for 20 years we got 40 minutes of brilliance on on the floor every single night. You could turn on the game, it could be the first game of the season, it could be the last game of the season, and you if you didn't know exactly what part of the year it was, I guarantee you you couldn't you couldn't tell because he gave you 100% of his effort from the beginning and at, at the very end of the season, even if the game meant nothing. And you know, he took that with him to this to doing this film and writing that book. I was really excited to see His daughter, Gigi, play in the NBA at some point, because I guarantee you that she was ready. She was going to be the first, because you could tell that she wanted it, and he wanted it for her. And she was—he was going to do—he was going to do his damnedest or everything he could in his power to make sure she had the opportunity to be able to show off to show that she is not just the, the the daughter of Kobe Bryant, but she is, you know, Gianna Bryant. I mean that, you know, that's who she is. She's Gianna. Right? I guarantee she would have been a, you know, first name basis for everything. So for me, the film just kind of represents just what he's been talking about from, the very beginning, which is that you know we're all storytellers. What's your story? We got a chance to see his story, and I think we would be all remiss if we didn't do the same thing. Right? You you saw the passion when he was talking about it. You know, like Ben was saying, like the quiver in the voice, when he's talking about the uh, he's talking about his love and his. Passion for this round orange ball Right, that goes in a hoop And You know, it's it's just something A legacy that he's left for us That we should find what our passion is And pursue it the same way That even if it requires for us to imagine That the last second shot's in our hands You know, whatever we're doing We need to do it to, you know, take life to the fullest And, and have a story To one day to be able to tell you know, just like he did. It may not be as glorious, right? When well, I'm not gonna win five championships doing anything, but you know, we should have that same intention. That whatever we're doing should have the point of that we should be proud of a story that we're we are the the main character or the protagonist that's in. And so for me that that's that's what this movie this short meant, but it's just a just a broader vision of just how what Kobe meant as as a total, but it's just that was just one uh, one gift that he left for us. And unfortunately, that's, that's it. But um, in his passing, I think it's also just, it's tragic. I don't think I'm going to ever be able to understand it. I'm going to be questioning it for forever. You know, why? But I think it, you know, tragedies like this also have a, a silver lining at the same time is that I get to, I, it helps me put things in perspective and appreciate the things that I do have. Like, for example, you guys, I don't want to get too sentimental, but, you know, being able to do this on a weekly basis with you, Stu and Ben and, you know, Letty, of course, you're always welcome whenever you'd like to join. Um, And then anybody else who's been a part of our podcast, you know, our Christmas episode and, you know, I, I never want to ever be known as the person who took those things for granted. And you know, losing Kobe is a tragedy. I know everybody's hurt, and it's gonna take a long time for us to get back. But you know, I really love you guys a lot, and this has been a, you know, as as much as we joke that we, uh, you know, we're in it to be able to make a bunch of money. You know, our <laughs> opinion our opinion is for sale. <laughs> but for 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 me, the, the the true joy is just being able to to riff with you guys and to be able to hear your guys' voices and hear your opinions and just kind of grow like that. And, you know, I know that as as we grow older, kind of the same way with Kobe, right? We get, we have families and stuff like that. And we don't get the opportunity to be able to get together as often as much as possible. But I like to think that this is our version of our story. That one day, you know, when we have friends who have kids and they're like, Oh, uncle David, uncle Stu, uncle Ben, like, what did you guys do when you guys were, you know, in your, early 30s well we we recorded this really dumb podcast that let me let me tell you a story about greatness (laughs) that became the biggest movie that became the biggest movie podcast of all time um i don't know if ben should be an uncle it's like a curse (laughs) he's gonna get
2: shot
0: (laughs) (laughs) but
3: you know i i'm not afraid to say it but just like you guys mean a lot to me. And, uh, unfortunately sometimes it does, you know, unfortunately we, we lost him, but I don't want him to think that, you know, his loss was in vain because it, I think it put a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes editing these podcasts and listening to, to Ben crunching on chips all the time. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Stu hates me cause I did that in the last, in a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you both. I both hate, hate <laughs> your pets. <guys>. I don't. <laughs> but for me, but for me, that's just the way I choose to. Instead of, but I, I had the same reaction. The rest of you, that everybody else, did right. First was shock, and then for some reason, I never got out of it until probably the last couple of days or so. I probably cried only once, but I feel like that that would probably was for me. Just like crying once was just like wow, that's a lot right yeah but was... just hearing everybody else's stories and how you got he touched everybody just it, it just you know at some point it broke me down and i just still feel so numb right now just like thinking about it
0: yeah I, uh on the day that it happened pretty much the rest of the day i had all these plans to do all this stuff around the house and once once i found out it was real i basically i just laid on the couch and didn't move while i was watching the uh i was kept flipping back and forth between. ESPN and and Spectrum and NBA TV, trying to just like hear someone like other than my own head, and uh, I think after the first day was like when I was feeling it the most, when I was affected by it the most. Um, since then, I I still I still have moments throughout the day where I'll catch myself like. Thinking about it, and then I have to stop myself, or else I'll. I can feel the tears welling up at work, or wherever I am. And um, but I think one of the one of the amazing things that I've noticed is that there will be times throughout the day where I don't even feel like he's gone until I see something like a, a graphic on like whatever I'm watching some YouTube video. There'll be a graphic that will say 1978 to 2020. And that's when it hits me again That that he's gone
3: Yeah But I feel like he's left such a legacy that Stu you're right it never feels like he's Really gone because he's left A little bit of Mamba in every single one of us Right And I think we, we Were all just Devastated I mean I think that That was exactly what we were all waiting for It's just that oh this is a hoax this is not real mm-hmm. And um so I think this is a little bit of a reminder, and I'm really glad that he was able to do that. I think one of the other disappointing things about it is that, you know, we never got a LeBron and Kobe final. And additionally, we never got to see Kobe get an EGOT, right? <laughs> I think the Grammy would have been really difficult because his rapping career wasn't as good as Shaq's, but <laughs> I would have loved to see him pick up the pen and pad one, just one time to see if he could do a diss track that would win a, win a Grammy so that way he could EGOT right i think he'd be the only one well i don't know does uh you have to get a an tony SB count? Yeah. does it does it sp count does an no. sp count for an e i don't know okay, <laughs> so he'd be ee got right cuz he got an SB. he would have gotten a, a grammy a oscar uh, a tony um <laughs> yeah. you know i and, and you know and a golden globe, globe right i would have loved to see that happen um but unfortunately, we're not going to get that opportunity so, um, I'll leave it up to you guys to, to talk a couple of things before um, we we'll go ahead and wrap this uh, this episode up.
1: I think the first time I actually saw who Kobe was when I was a kid was, uh, uh, well, NBA I, Jam. No, I I wasn't allowed to play that. Uh, um, well, and he also wasn't too in it. violent. <laughs> well, you <laughs> no, can say that. <laughs>
0: You, you can say yeah, that. Yeah, let's just go with that. I know the real reason, yeah. but let's just keep it there. Let's just keep it there. Yeah. So,
1: so um... It's too violent. I I really liked, when I was a kid, eating in the mornings some bread with some Nutella. All right? Like, every morning, that's what it was.
0: Bread, spread some Wait, Nutella. Wait, you used to eating. be able to do that?
1: Yes. All right. I was When I was a happy, <laughs> young, hopeful child, all right? I had, I had the whole future ahead of me, and I didn't have any <laughs> fucking allergies. Is that what you want to hear? So I was able to eat Nutella when I was a kid. (laughs) And one day we got a refill, right? And there's just this guy with a basketball on the front of it for some odd reason, real big, just with this huge dumbass grin, gripping a basketball, (laughs) and just Kobe's favorite. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? Who the hell is Kobe Bryant? And... I had to look it up, you know. I had to ask my parents, I'm like, who the hell is Kobe, and why the hell is this Kobe's favorite? And they're like, "It's basketball, don't you know?" And I'm like, "Hell no! You never showed me basketball." Yeah, did they you?
3: did they slap you the moment that you asked who's Kobe Bryant?
1: No, because they didn't show me basketball or anything. They didn't even know. Well, I mean, they knew who Kobe <laughs> was, but you know, they did
3: not going to show me a game or nothing. <laughs> they
0: weren't going to tell you who he was. Yeah.
1: So it, it was just really weird, you know. Like, I think yeah, it was like Froby at the time. You know, uh, him, the fro. Yeah. just him on the stupid front of Nutella, you know, Kobe's favorite Nutella. I don't even know, like, I'm guessing those Nutella bottles are like a bajillion dollars now. But damn if that wasn't the best ad
0: reel for Nutella ever.
2: Yeah, Kobe had good taste because Nutella's pretty damn
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Ben knows. Yeah, Ben, how is it? <laughs> And it's poison to him now. It's to
1: die for. (laughs) He'll still
3: he'll still eat it out of uh, on this episode. uh, This is for you, Kobe. In remembrance, yeah, Yeah, do it for Kobe. Do it for Kobe. (laughs) This is for you. uh, Letty, final thoughts.
2: Damn, man. I don't know. I'm still sad and I'm in shock. I haven't been able to go on my two favorite subreddits, rNBA and rLakers, because it's still makes me very sad but I'm glad that we had Kobe and that we were around to witness his grit and his dedication and I'm really glad or I guess happy to see the amount of players that have come out and said like you know that Kobe was an influence on them so I know that uh, Kobe's legacy lives through them and it kind of lives in all of us um, as we try to keep With the mama mentality lifestyle. Yeah. But overall, I'm I'm still pretty sad.
3: (laughs) Stu, any uh, final thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think... um, I was thinking back to when I was a kid. I remember I didn't really know about... Kind of almost like where Ben was. Um, I didn't know that much about... At least the NBA. I think I played basketball for fun, but... I didn't really know anything about the NBA, and the only reason, I think the first thing, my first connection to it was, um, was, was actually Shaq, because it, in my head as a kid, I, it was, like, unheard of for someone to be seven, seven foot one, and so, like, he was, he was, like, I was all, he was my favorite player, even though I'd never even watched him play, um, uh, and, uh. But that's kind of where it got seated for me, um, and I, you know, I. Then the next uh, memory I have would be, was uh, in the, I think in the two thousand playoffs. I don't know if I think it was the Western Conference Finals where they're playing in the Blazers. I just remember being around with my like my family and everyone's like getting so excited, and I was you know, I was only like half aware of like why they're getting excited, but I was just I was I wanted to be part of the group, so I was getting excited also. <laughs> um, and I and I think I, that was when they did you know the the that famous shot of uh you know the alley oop to Shaq Kobe to Shaq, you um, know the, for the uh, for you know to kind of ice the game almost. Um, but that was just kind of like I and I still at the time I was still like didn't really know who Kobe was until later on. And then for a period of years uh, after that I kind of stopped watching basketball. I don't know why. Um, and I started up again uh, when I actually uh, went to college uh, and moved in with Orville and Keith. And, and Orville was always talking about basketball and stuff, and I, and I started got me started watching it again. And um, that's when you know, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, like that's when I was. I always know who Kobe was throughout that time, but that's when like I really started to get into it. Um, and I don't know really where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of talking about some stuff that's I was, I was thinking about, um, but I did want to say, like, one of the things I think that was really great about Kobe was, and we touched on it a little bit about his daughters, and, and, and specifically Gigi, uh, was that, like, he was, it didn't seem like, and it, I don't think this is, he was, like, he wasn't forcing her into basketball. In fact, once he retired, it seemed like he had, like, he wanted almost, like, nothing to do with basketball. Like, at least in the public eye. And then, but then, w- only when once his daughter started showing interest in basketball and that she wanted to play, and she was talking about she wants to go to, uh, the, was a UConn and, and play basketball there and then go into WNBA, then that's when he starts, like... Like he he didn't force it on her like and then once she started expressing interest then, it that's when you start seeing Kobe show up at games, and that I think that was just one of a really great thing to see and it's 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 heartbreaking to think that you know he was dedicated to basketball for twenty years, and you know that covered most of their lives most of his kids' lives, and so they only got like you know four kind of solid almost not even four years of like him just like always just being around as a dad but he seemed like he was doing a like a really good job at it so
3: yeah i think i had a similar experience you know not really watching too much basketball playing a little bit in like middle school elementary school you know never i was never a big kid so like uh you know playing basketball for me was a little bit a little bit tough and so i always I was a little bit late to the game but then my first intro- introduction was like usually watching like Michael Jordan but then it, he felt so distant but then when Kobe came into the league and they were all like saying oh you know Kobe's the next Michael he was ours right he was our generation and it just we like we grew up with him and so um, you know that's the reason why for me it, it was it, it's been so tough to, to see even though yeah, like Sue you're right I think that you know he he had he had already reserved the thought that he was done with basketball, and then you know her his daughter's like love for it, just kind of like reinvigorated everything all over again. And he was like, well, if you want to if you want me to show you, I'll show you everything. And you can see them like sitting courtside. He's pointing out things, and and she's like picking him up. And you can tell tell like that 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 intensity is black. right? Um, mm-hmm. so. I think
0: that the the tickets that we got for the the when we when uh, I forgot who was all there, but I know it was like Ben Letty, me, Sean, Orville, I think for the Hawks Lakers. Oh yeah, that was was there probably. I know that's the probably the best money I've ever spent on Lake on tickets. Well, other than the other than the games that we actually got to see him play, um, on the year that he retired, but like just because it was totally unexpected i remember sitting there with sean and and we're like is that kobe i'm not sure that that looks like kobe but i'm not sure and then sure enough they they give him a moment to you know he waves to the crowd and i just i just remember like losing my mind that you know i got to see kobe again from a
3: distance at least okay well um we don't want to let this one run too long um so I'll just go ahead and wrap it up. It, this has been uh, quite a journey um, with you guys on uh, just, you know, talking about uh, Kobe's career and also his his contributions, not just to, to film or to basketball, but just I think life in general, um, giving us a, a glimpse of what it means to have that Mamba mentality, right? Never taking a day for granted, Always be willing to grind and work hard, and even especially when, you know, the lights are off, right? And nobody else is watching. You know, what are you truly like? What is your, you know, what's going to drive you? And so, you know, we hope with that, um, you know, we. I'm, I'm hoping that we could. This is a uh, you know a tribute to him, and our, in uh, our you know Dos and a Half Cinco's way of, uh, saying thank you, Kobe, um, for the way that you've, you've touched each one of us individually and to, uh, to encourage us to, uh, continue to keep living life to the fullest and, and going after our passions the the way that you would. Um, and so for that, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, as always, I'm your host, David. I'm Stuart. I'm Ben. And I'm Letty. And once again, uh, thank you so much, Letty, for joining us on this episode of Dos and a Half Cinco's, our uh, special Kobe tribute episode. Um, next week, we'll uh, catch you on another regular scheduled uh, episode. We'll be talking about um, the gentleman, and we'll be talking about uh, our Street Shark episode. Uh, until next time, uh, guys, uh, mamba out. Mamba out. Mamba out. Mamba out.